Welcome to episode 25 of Winging It. The new era begins. Heskiff, as you all know, well, is away this week or <laughs> at a gig or something. Uh, baguette Wars. Can I just oh. say, you go in episode 25, new regime, and then you say Heskiff isn't here. Sounds like you're about to drop a serious bombshell. <laughs> no. I got really excited. I was like, what? He's not coming back. Fucking brilliant. And then you said he's at a gig, and then I realized that we'll be here next week. Let's be honest, mate. If me and you give this up, he'd just record it on his own. He would. Lives for it. <laughs> so we have a very able replacement in. I don't. I mean, you're basically part of the team at this point, Carl. Twenty percent. I've been on twenty percent of all winging it pods. All I'm seeing is twenty percent of the income coming in. <laughs> He's done. What's so you owe us money? Yeah, <laughs> twenty twenty percent of outgoings isn't isn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hi guys yeah thanks for joining me um quite weird being happy at the moment isn't it i got woke up on a sunday morning and i was like the dog flinched and i was like you're all right son i'm not kicking you this week <laughs> happy days yeah really really enjoyable saturday at Celeste. um but palace doth give and take at the same time, we had some lovely news today, Albert, that Sheikh Decore signed a new contract until 2029, no less. Um, I can only assume that one of his legs no longer works. Yeah, <laughs> signed until 2029, but he won't be fit until 2028. <laughs> yeah, so no, lovely news. I mean, obviously, want to protect the value of any potential future sale, you know, was heavily linked with Liverpool, so... Nice to get him tied down and so on. And hopefully when he gets back from injury, he just picks up where he left off. Um, Carl, I assume you're happy. I know I know you're love with Decore. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm living the dream of Decore alongside Walton. I mean, Decore is as good as anybody that I've seen in the last 20 years playing in that position at Palace. And having just watched a little bit of the Chelsea-Leeds game, then you, if you can't help but compared to Curry to uh, Casado and you therefore you're looking at him going he's got to be 100 if he comes back anything like he was uh, before his injury yeah there's 100 million pounds worth of talent there and definitely a good deal for us in getting him tied down when he knows he's really unlikely to go get a move this summer so yeah good stuff from Palace mm. and then moments later Sammy Monkpool comes wading in with Gaze <laughs> needs surgery and he's out for Two weeks, Albert. So there you go. They give with one hand, take with the other. Two weeks, did you say? At eight weeks. Oh, I thought you said two. I was like, that's all right. Quite do well uh, to recover from surgery after two weeks. But... Depends what it is. <laughs> Mole removal, something like that. He'd be back <laughs> back training in no time. Um, yeah, look, that's, it's obviously a blow. Um, Although, you know, the, the new formation, I think we sort of have players that can sort of, you know, nowhere near his quality, but players that can f- fall into a sort of this back three that we're trying and, and it not be such a glaring miss. Um, but maybe I'm being um, glass half full. Mm. Talking about glass half full, I've, I've got a glass half full because I forgot to bring Bearder in this week. So I've gone into the fridge and all I can find is a Guinness... Foreign extra stout at seven point six, but it's a glass half. Is it half full or half empty? 
whatever it is, the most normal fucking thing you've drunk on this pod 25 episodes in. I didn't even know there was a 7.6% Guinness floating around out there. Mm. I mean, it's obviously had a had its way with you already because you're only half on camera. You're sort of slumped over to one side. And you can't <laughs> see nothing. I thought these new iMacs had really wide lenses, Terry, whatever you wanted. Because, remind me, you have got a new iMac, haven't you? Uh, I have a new iMac, yes. <laughs> Don't tell me they're now sponsoring the pod and all. Oh, God, I Not wish. The number of times he's mentioned it, you'd think they might have. I haven't mentioned it on air, so listeners have no idea what you're talking about. In our WhatsApp group, maybe. <laughs> yes, I have a new iMac. Thank you for letting everyone know. Um, the royalties stuff. are rolling in, clearly. If you're listening, Apple, Mr. Apple, <laughs> you can send us stuff if you want. Um, you got anything, Carl? You usually bring something along yeah. to the party. Yeah, look, but I was a late sub. I was a little bit, I was a little bit Jeffrey Schlupp coming off the bench here, so I hadn't gone out and prepared. A bit like Jeffrey Schlupp, actually, when he comes on. Uh, so I've gone through. You were here a bit quicker. Exactly the same time as exactly the same beer as last time. So uh, Edinburgh Brewery. I've gone for a sour Vault City, and it's a little raspberry, strawberry, and coconut number. Lovely. Wow. I mean, oh, you've done well. You've done well to top Terence. Congratulations. Next next time you're up there, get them to send some beers in, Carl. <laughs> I, I might be paying a visit there in the next couple of weeks. Well, we'll see what I can do. Lovely. Albert, is work allowing? I, I, uh, I, I drank with dinner. Thank you. I had a couple of glasses of um, white wine, um, which just tasted of white wine. No cherry or – I mean, it was a bit sour. You know, it was quite dry, but it wasn't – Nothing too, nothing too fruity in there for me. Mm, okay, fair enough. Love it. So, other bits of news: John O'Shea has taken over as the interim island manager, and Albert he's taken Paddy McCarthy as assistant with him. Hmm. How does that work? I feel like that's the sort of thing that only happens on like those football simulator games. Those, those football simulator games. I don't know what they're called anymore. <laughs> used to be championship manager, but it's not championship manager now, is it? I, I know that. I don't want to come across like a, a <laughs> fucking troglodyte that I am. <laughs> I think I it's called football manager. Of, um, yeah, well, when it was back, back when it was called championship manager, I had a copy of, I think, championship manager 0203. And yes, I know what you're wondering. And yes, it was signed by Simon Jordan. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't get it signed by Simon Jordan just for the record I think he was part of the promotional campaign for it because it involved more chairman um, and he said bullshit but that would be harsh uh, and a friend of mine was at the launch and was like oh there's a signed copy from Simon Jordan so yeah let's put some respect on the name please can I just say I was in Football Manager 2013 you were in it yes how does that work I think it was 13 or 14 I went out for lunch with Miles, who because when I was running Mitre, and he used to live around the corner in Finchley. So we went out, had a little bit of Turkish, and he asked for a, uh, a few balls for something. I said, yeah, put me in the game. And there I was. I was in the game. This but, is Miles, the chap that, that developed the game. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So I'm in the game. I'm like, I'm like a, uh, I forget what I am, I like a coach or something along those lines. But 
yeah, I've, I chucked it, chucked it to the lad and said, be impressed. And he got back into football manager about 10 years later and was like, I ain't going back and playing 2013, dad. So, <laughs> yeah, did you, was your rating 20 for taking players out on the piss? I've been doing the set pieces at Palace ever since. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while we're on set pieces, we might as well discuss it. I did later on. Um, we're now up to 195 corners since we last scored from a corner. <laughs> Lots of averages, honestly. Well, it's kind of, I think you, you average around six or seven goals per 100 corners, right? Isn't that just the sort of standard average? Even Could if you repeat three, that for me, please? Could you repeat that for the hard of hearing? Six or seven, hundred, six or seven goals per 100 corners is kind of wow. the average. So we're missing like... So anywhere between 10 and 14 goals, really. What would happen, in light of the fact, you know, every 100 corners against us, definitely more than six or seven go in, especially if they come to Arsenal, <laughs> if we played ourselves, what would happen? <laughs> the I mean, space-time continuum would <laughs> unravel as we know it. Yeah. It'd be like, don't cross the streams, as they're all trying to take corners at the same time. <laughs> especially when you've had a 7.5% Guinness and... Carl's on a strawberry sherbet, whatever, thrown across those streams. Um, just and just for just for clarity, the the definition of scoring from a corner is someone takes a corner and the ball is in the net. First touch or second uh, second ball. Yeah, if you knock it down at the back post for someone to smash in, that still counts as scoring. Right. So we so so we've not even done that. It's not even ricocheted no. of four people and gone in from a corner in 195 attempts. No. I mean, this, on the weekend just gone was about the closest we've got, yeah. right? So in terms of it got cleared back out to IU and then he put it back in and Chris Richards scored. So I think that was a part of the set piece. That's what they've been working on. Put it onto mm. their player's head for him to clear it and we'll whip it back in. <laughs> and let's see what happens. Yeah. He's already having an impact, Glasner. <laughs> But if we don't score in a with a corner against Spurs and then Luton, it will have been an entire year. Oh dear! You'll never sing that, Brighton. <laughs> well, no, because they just pop them up in the six-yard box, and Lewis Dunk just nods it home. <laughs> I don't know. I was on my way walking out of that stage, and that was after about three minutes. <laughs> that um. Yeah, so the last corner, Albert and Carl, that we scored was Jeffrey Schlupp away at Arsenal. I've the always game, liked him. The game before Roy Hodgson came in for his second spell. Not his first spell, that would be something. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's more believable. Here. All right, I spotted a theme here. We scored in the game before Roy turned up. Mm. And then we never scored another corner. And Roy's now gone. And then we got close to scoring from a corner the match after he's gone. Well, in both, in both games, the Everton game and yeah. the Burnley game, one cleared off the line at Everton, right? Couple-headed just wide. So, yeah. I mean, Heskiff is not on this week to talk about it, but he did say a few pods back, hey, I you got an assist from a corner at the AFCON? like last year or for, or for Garner at some point in the last year we need to get him on corners Glasner turns up first corner in a new era it's Jordan Ayew I mean, like 
Heskiff, I'm trying to look for him across in, in block D or whatever he's in, just losing his shit. So, Ollie, we know you're listening to the pod, obviously. So, um, good job on getting eye on. <laughs> Uh, and I think Wharton's making a difference as well. Um, he's left. He's left foot. He's putting some good deliveries in there. So I think it's only, it's only a matter of time now. Surely, surely, surely. I mean, I think they've got to stop practicing against the under eights. But the uh, <laughs> look, you you you've said it. You said it several times over recent pods. It's not like we haven't got players with the delivery. This mm. is absolutely all about then. What's the piece of work that the team needs to do in the area on attacking to create the space for whoever they're aiming at, as opposed to you know there's there's very little that I've seen over the even even on the last you know I'm not surprising even though you know since Glasner's come in because he's barely had time to work with them, but you haven't seen where they're blocking off to create the space for somebody coming in not since the first day of the season Sheffield United. Yeah, that's right. It'll come. It'll come. What else we got? So Dougie, I thought he was safe after this Dan Ashworth was announced that Manchester United, or not announced yet, but everyone knows it's happening now. Um, suggestions that Ashworth's going to be building a team of three are knocking around and that Dougie's going to be one of those. You heard anything about this, Carl? No, uh, only what I thought I'd put on my stories pre-Christmas that... There is absolute genuine interest in him. Uh, and that comes from him having sort of Sir Alex as a mentor. And he was the caveat in Moody going to Nice under the Ineos piece. Moody doing that window last January there. So they obviously think really highly of him. I do think when it comes down to it, the... He's got a strong relationship with Palace. He's now got a manager in that he wants. And I don't think it's too much of a secret that, you know, there wasn't the strongest of relationships between Dougie and Roy. So if it's not the number one job at Man United, is it? I can't see him wanting to be a number two or a number three in all of that. I I think when push comes to shove, if United go for him and they, you know, the offers put on the table, my gut feel if that's all this, I don't know if it is, but if that does happen, I'm not sure he goes to be a number two working for Dan Ashworth at Man United, knowing that if ultimately then they clear Dan Ashworth out, they'll probably be clearing out everybody that sits underneath him. Hmm. I have slight concerns though given that tomorrow night, Carl, will be at the Palace for Life Investors Club um, talk, which Dougie is is talking at. The last time I was at anything with Dougie was about two days before he fucked off to Bolton. <laughs> and he was sat next to me at a table telling me that why would I go to Bolton? What did so, you say? Well, exactly. Everyone says it's my fault that whatever I said to him. I mean, you, I think you might have been at the table that, that night, Carl, as well. Yeah, and I was, you know, you me and him were gassing for ages, and then and then he pisses off, and everyone was like, first time he meets you and properly has a chat with you, <laughs> he's gone to that. <laughs> Yeah, right, Terence, do us a favour. Find something else to do tomorrow night, mate. <laughs> so, so the 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 event being 
tomorrow, i.e. the 29th of Feb, uh, we've been working on it with the, the foundation since late November. And we got into sort of early December and I sort of whispered to somebody to go, can somebody definitely get commitment from him that he's definitely going to still be at the club? And, he, and I've literally got the WhatsApp going, I will definitely be at the club on the 29th of February. That seemed like a lifetime ago, pre-Christmas. It, yeah, in all fairness, I haven't got a text from him saying, yeah, I'm definitely going to be here the 1st of March. <laughs> it's when this is when we realise that it's not actually a leap year and he sold you a pup. It's like there is no there is no 29th of February, you fucking fools. Well, we, I can't remember who it is. We've got a player who's got his about his eighth birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Is it Schlupp? It's one of those. It's somebody, is it Schlupp? Something like that. I remember seeing it on Saturday going in the programme. He's born on the 29th of Feb. Mm. What do you do if you've got a 29th of Feb birthday on all other years? You celebrate on the 28th or the 1st? Or both? Maybe a question for Jeffrey Schlupp. Oh, no, you're saying he is born on the 29th. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, um, I don't know. I really should Both days, I reckon. You I, celebrate I, both days. In, in all fairness, it would be really unfair when it turned out it's not Jeffrey Schlupp, and I might have to now have a whilst we're talking, go and have a quick look at the programme and apologise to him. But he does look like he goes out celebrating on the 28th <laughs> and the 1st. And, and of every month. Second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy 8th birthday, Jeffrey Schlupp, if it is you. And uh, talking to kids, the kids are into the semi final of the Premier League International Cup. Uh, dismantled Wolves in the quarterfinal. If you remember this tournament from last year, we made the final last year and lost out in extra time in the final at Sellers, didn't we? Um, was that Eindhoven? Who beat us? Yeah, yeah. 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 PSV, yeah. Yeah, and they were like... Uh, Not even in the Premier League. No, no. <laughs> but they were fielding a team that was basically playing week in, week out in a second division in Holland or the Netherlands, as you should say. So they had a really, really strong side out and it just, the fitness just told in extra time, really, the, the extra physicality that they used to, I guess. So having another crack at it, which is nice. Um, hopefully, can oh. we claim that as a major title if we bring it home? Well, no, I think we should claim last year's because Albert's right. They're not even in the Premier League. It's Premier League Cup. We are the holders. They were like the, you know, you like you, you just play a team at the end just to, you know, celebrate. <laughs> but I went, I went along, I went along the other night, and uh, uh, was that last night? I think it was last night. Uh, we were good, really, really good. And in light of that, wasn't even our, you know, our full team. I, you know, lots of absentees. I.e., you know, the guys, the team who the boys are up with the first team at the moment, we were really good to watch. Really, really entertaining to watch and no shortage of talent. Yeah. Well, it's all starting to click along at that level. We were at the FA Cup game against Chelsea and we just had a mad couple of minutes, really, didn't we? Where we conceded two goals from some range, pretty much, weren't they? Both from outside the box and it just really unlucky throughout the course of the 90 minutes not to get through in that game and that was again with a bunch of injuries and uh, Zach Marsh going off inside 10 minutes with you guessed it a hamstring injury <laughs> it was so I was, couldn't, couldn't help I'm a, I'm a big member of the uh, Jaden Raymond fan club and we nearly lost him in January and the deal broke down right at the end and he was going to Portsmouth on a permanent the 
but we've seen him a part of the match day squad at Everton. He was left out of the squad, but with them on uh, uh, against Burnley and watched him last night. And he, he was wonderful to watch. And I'm not suggesting for any one moment that he's just about to break into the Palace first team. But there, you know, there really does look a player there, and so you know, I look at it at the moment, going, I'm, you know, selfishly glad that he didn't get to go, he didn't get these moved to Portsmouth. Yeah, but you get the sort of I, the inkling that it's going to happen in the summer anyway, because he obviously wants to go and get full. I imagine if he's considering a permanent away. Yeah, but we've got a different manager though. But yeah, I agree. I, that'd be my money on that. He, prob- he probably does. But there's it, it. It will be interesting to see what Glasner does. You get you, there's going to be a, a lot more players what getting their opportunity. You get the feeling between now and the end of the season. Mm, I'm going to assume that we're going to start inserting, you know, first option clauses into the contracts of these kids. Who you know, it makes sense for you now to go and get some football. But considering you're the kind of age and profile of player that we'd want if you start doing well at that level. <laughs> I, I think they've done a really good job and it's sort of well below the radar. Uh, definitely when Phil Alexander was here anyway, of any of the players that have gone, even if they've been released on freeze, they've structured the contracts in the way that there's been really good sell-on clauses. So I think they've had a decent little flow of cash coming in without anybody really, you know, talking about it or significantly see it doesn't does even if a player moves for half a million a little while later you've still got the sell-on in there and you're getting 250 back and stuff like that they've had lots of 50 percents in there i think what's happened with phil has he landed on his feet anywhere no 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 he's 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 still out at the present moment time from having left bristol city he's still out there i think i don't think he's short short of offers i think he's waiting for the right thing Mm, okay shout out teflon <laughs> not so te- not so teflon at city <laughs> but there you go um right getting to burnley glasner starting his career off just like frank de boer against the newly promoted side was crystal palace manager and it finished 3-0 just just the right way around this time <laughs> yeah splitting hairs a bit there but yeah <laughs> we'll take it well, you did say last week, Albert, that everything I was explaining reminded you of the boar. So, well, little did we know. Little did we know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I was absolutely shitting myself when the game kicked off on the grounds that I'd probably put my neck out on the line on the pod last week and said definitively, "This is how Glasner is going to play." <laughs> and I was like, "What if he just rocks out a four-four-two and?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's nothing like I've explained. Um, about 10 people are going to think I'm a right idiot. But uh, Carl, I think it's fair to say I got pretty close. You called it T. You called it. I did do the listening to the pod on the way to the game beforehand. Uh, went to the pools and had a few beers. We were all talking it. I'm relaying your insight as if I know. You know, I don't think I mentioned your name, mate. Uh, and and so actually, uh, down the Paulsons, people thinking I am the football genius. But yeah, look, I, 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 it played out exactly as you said, both in shape, laying up, the pressing high, and you know, and where did the first goal come from? Exactly that. It was it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and yeah, totally enthused by. I was excited from hearing your insight beforehand, and yeah, came away absolutely beaming. Mm. Albert, any any question that it was a red card for Brownhill? 
well, I didn't. I wasn't. Couldn't make the game as we uh, as we discussed. So I was watching on a. Um, I was sort of half listening on a, the radio and half watching on my phone when I wasn't in the car. And one of the bits I did see live was the red card. And yeah, I think there'll be there'll be certain people that that scream, oh, "There's a fucking red card! The game's gone!" But it is like the most cynical of fucking nonsense. Like, oh bollocks! Like there is a there's a very good goal scoring opportunity there. I'm just gonna fucking yank you back, mate. So I've, I actually think it was quite a brave decision by the ref, um, because I certainly wasn't expecting to see a red card as much as I thought it should have been. Yeah, I, I was worried he was going to dish out a yellow, and then mm. VAR wouldn't wouldn't extend it to a red. But I mean, I, I think even if it's in the penalty area, he still gets a red because he's not going for the ball at all. So no, he's pulled him back, hasn't he? He's he's, he's pulled it back. It's is is his uh, interview because that is definitely a player we're keen on. Was his interview about mm. as good as Jefferson Lerma's for Bournemouth against us, where he <laughs> where he decided to punch? Yeah, well, I, uh, but yeah, it, it's a red, and, he, and 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 to a certain extent, it's if you've if you've ever played, it, it's you know, it looks at you go, you'd be stupid pulling him. You might as well just let him go through and see if he scores. It's just mm. human nature to do it, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you're, you're not looking around pulling him. You you grab hold of something to just as much as anything to get yourself a step closer, not necessarily to pull him all of the way back. But yeah, it's a red. Well, especially you think, I I can't remember who it was against, but Lerma did exactly that in another game at Sellers earlier this season and, and won the ball in that position and then we fucked it up and didn't score. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Probably should have let him go. Um, Glasner talks after the game that at half-time they discussed about just staying patient and the chance will come which was very refreshing to hear, by the way. But it was, Burnley did do a pretty good job. Why they you know, never looked like they were in the game, they were time-wasting from minute one for a nil-nil, which is definitely going to get your Premier League survival when you're sat on 13 points at the bottom of the league. But um, not an awful lot was happening in the first half. But you could tell we were the team on top, and it's nice that, you know, Glasner's come out after and said, you know, I've just encouraged them a hard time to stick to their guns and it will come. Yeah, totally agree. And if you look at sort of the last 10 of the first half and then the first 10 of the second, I think there was possibly was a little bit more intensity. But if you look at how we kept the whip, how we tried to make the pitch big, how we tried to stay patient, there wasn't you know, panic and lumping the ball in there or anything like that. They, you know, it was it was great. It was, you know, I'm, we was chatting on our rows. It's going to go. Don't we? Don't have to worry. We are scoring here. You just don't have. You can't have this much ball and manoeuvre it about as much as we are without the chances coming. Hmm. Uh, Albert, advance warning. We're going to talk about JP Mateta now. Good. I've got an anecdote about JP Mateta. <laughs> In what we'll call the Mateta Vendetta section. <laughs> Have you got a jingle? Uh, not yet, no. I'll, I'll make it on my Mac later. <laughs> there it is. So, I mean, Carl, you, <laughs> you've been in shirt manufacturing. Might have done. Ah, oh, no sponsor. No sponsor. Mate, I watched it back. The badge was hanging off as well. It was like an inch away from falling off as well. 
What is how does that? Because I mean, they were very grabby their players, yeah. and the referee was not giving Mateta anything. And his shirt was probably three times the size it was when he went on the pitch by the end of the first half because he was just being pulled all over the place. But surely that shouldn't lead to all that stuff falling off. No, none of that should come off. I mean, the there's there's generally if you if you just take replica shirts as a real life example. You you can tell where the shirt sponsor has been manufactured because what you, what what generally do you make the kits out in out in Asia, and if you've got a long term shirt sponsor and there's no clauses in it, they will heat seal the, the the sponsor on in the factory, and and it will last all year. You can stick it through the washing machine; it'll be there. It just won't come off because they can do it properly in the factory. If you've got a new shirt sponsor or you've got a clause that your shirt sponsor is going to walk away from if you're relegated or those type of things, you ship the shirts without the sponsor on it and then you put it on close to where the shirts is kept. And and that's never a good job. You're never as good a job. You know, you know, it's like the equivalent of somebody hand-pressing it down like you see in the club shop when you're getting the name and numbers put on. And that's what the Mateta one looked like. It looked like we'd run out maybe he's a big boy and he's got his shirt specially made and they're putting the uh the, the sponsors on there but yeah it really shouldn't be coming off but somebody else had, i can't remember who it was somebody else had their sh- uh, shirt sponsor half hanging off in the second half mm, i think it might have been iu maybe yeah mm. yeah it's, very strange it's not it's not a good look but then again they're not four times heavier than the castor or you know the four times lighter than the current castor shirts that villa are wearing yeah Hopefully we don't end up down that rabbit hole. Oh, horrible things. Um, Adam Wharton, you can take the boy out of Blackburn. <laughs> I mean, but I think it kind of went over a lot of Palace fans' heads that, you know, it was Burnley <laughs> for Wharton and Blackburn and Burnley don't like each other. I mean, I remember years ago being at, Ewood Park right at the end of the season and their goal of the season vote is being announced on the wall or on the big screen who's won goal of the season and it's a tapping from Dunn at the back post against Burnley but they've obviously just you know don't care huh. <laughs> it, was, it was a goal against Burnley kind of thing was it David Dunn that was the David Blackburn Dunn, player yeah. wasn't it yeah. Um, yeah so they don't like each other and then you know that fair place of Burnley fans are just booing him like it looks like a kid you'll always be a bastard I think I heard from him yeah. at, um, at one point <laughs> but um, was he lucky Carl to stay on the pitch I mean the first yellow I think was especially in mind of how much Mateta's shirt had been pulled all game and nobody was even pulled up let alone books and then Wharton one pullback where the guy's not yeah. really it's, it's a slight turnover, but probably a harsh yellow. But that second one, he's he's probably lucky he pulled his foot out, right? Even though yeah. he took two of them out. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to say, I think the ref the the ref done a. I thought he was a really good referee, and he used his judgment pretty darn well. And I know it's easy to say that when you've won three 0 they've had a player sent off, etc., etc., etc. But you can see Walton is trying to get out of the second one. He's, he's going for it. He's made the big touch and he's going and then he's trying to pull his legs away and he clips it. There is many a referee who's just going, sod it. 
you've not taken the ball, you've taken the play, you're late, that's a yellow and you're gone. But he used his judgment and gave him his talking to. So I think have got to say we're lucky because we're lucky because probably 50% of the referees won't use that as a judgment and he would have gone. Uh, mm. I think we're probably also lucky that his banger that he hit with his left peg didn't go in because I think he's still running around Sellers with his shirt off at the present moment time, giving it in front of the Burnley fans. Well, exactly. He would have got his second yellow. <laughs> I was saying like, because it wouldn't have just been, we got a pitch invader with Chris Richards' goal. Um, but <laughs> if, if, if Wharton would have put us one, I reckon his old man would have been on Easy running around. The- <laughs> his, brother's currently, his brother was on the pitch for Blackburn at the time and he's taking his shirt off and giving it as well. They're all, the old WhatsApp's going around. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is that actually his brother is at Blackburn still yeah yeah he played yesterday against Newcastle oh fair play um, had, yeah and, he's, and he had his nan he had his nan in the away end wearing a Blackburn shirt at a uh, at Everton in the cup oh that's nice it's lovely very nice uh, yeah so yeah Wharton really unlucky not to score just wraps his don't quite wrap his foot around it enough probably needed to be three four yards further out and he'd probably been in perfect for the top corner uh, it was nice to be the club that subs that player on a yellow card who's walking a very you know tight rope because we've seen it happen a lot to us I think Arsenal a few times where yeah, you know, players who should be getting red carded and They've got away with it, and then they've been yanked. Is it Cochrane, the one that really sticks out at home? Yeah, exactly. About three, four goes it. Your final, final, final warning. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yep, and then, but then we get the goal. Finally, break it, break them down. And as we've already kind of alluded to, it was almost from a corner, but from the second ball out, lovely cross of eye. We'd, we'd put quite a few to the back post and Trafford had initially been doing well work coming and claiming some. Mitchell was really unlucky getting close to getting on the end of a couple. Uh, but lovely header, Albert. And I think what he said after he grew the, he, he grew the throw out to, to head the ball. So <laughs> rarely swimming I mean, diving header. <laughs> as someone who has no hair um, or minimal hair, I'm not quite sure of the logic there, but I'll take it. Diving header. Don't see it very often. Mm, yeah, great finish. Really, A good celebration individual. as well. Yeah, you could tell the players are buzzing for him to get his first goal. They were all really excited for him. He was really excited as well, obviously. And a good comeback to, you know, getting caught out defensively quite a few times against Everton, probably at fault for the goal along with Sam Johnson at Everton. So, you know, nice for him to come and, break the deadlock have, have had a really decent game as well I thought um, as comfortable and easy as it probably was at the back <laughs> given that Burnley really don't have much up there at all do they so but yeah good for him to get his first goal I'm very excited and then you know Glasner then spoke about it in complete stark contrast to Hodgson Ahamada won the corner and then passed the ball to Ayu for the goal, coming off the bench. France has come on and he's got an assist and then won a penalty. And he's talking about the players in a completely different light. You know, it's 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 a far more like positive look on things and you're putting them into far more positive positions and situations. It um, 
yeah, it just feels like a completely different vibe already in that sense. Um, but Franza, let's talk a little bit about Franza. Carl, how did you think he did? Because, I mean, the cross for Ayu's yeah. goal first off is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think I think there was there was before that cross came in, twice he'd come inside to want to get the ball and the ball didn't go his way. And you could I I, I kid you not, you could hear him shout from and we was in the upper tier, which says something that the ground had just gone a bit quiet, but it just shows you how vocal he is. But it was really good to go see and the cross is exceptional. He makes it look easy. Just gets that you know, little bit of movement gets the space, puts the ball in, you know, it's, I, I don't know if he's aiming for Ayu. I'm, my money is he's putting into a dangerous area thinking Mateta, you know, and Mateta's most likely to get on the end of it, but it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a brilliant, <laughs> vendetta. It's a, it, I mean, JP uses his brain, leaves it as a tap in for Ayu because he might be offside. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, a oh, you're ball. a good man. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, brilliant ball. Yeah, I mean, VAR took quite a while looking at Mateta because he obviously does play at the ball with, and Trafford tries to save what would have been his touch. So if he was offside, it would definitely have been disallowed. It was very, very close. Like the Lions were touching for sure when they when they drew them out. But um, it was an afternoon of VARs all over the place. I mean, 12-minute <laughs> stoppage time at the end of the game was just laughable really it just didn't feel like that sort of game at all you know but there we were with 12 12 minutes coming up uh, but then <laughs> I get his second goal in two games and a lovely way to cap off his 200th performance for Palace uh, 200th appearance for Palace um, I was saying before we recorded I can't believe that Joachim Anderson made his 100th in that game it feels like they can't only be a hundred apart. <laughs> I must have at least another hundred more than Yoa than that. But there we are. Two hundred games, Albert. What's what's your favourite IU memories? You got any got any knock around in your brain? Well, it's, I hate to be a cliche, but it's got to be the West Ham goal, isn't it? The for most the, for the, the most underrated goal that is not underrated by anyone. It seems <laughs> for the for the goal itself, and obviously for the. Um, the viral meme, whatever young people call that, of the lad with his birthday cake. Happy you birthday! To yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come and blow yeah. your candles out. It's not the end of the world, or whatever she says. Yeah, and it's, you know, and he's, he's he scored against Brighton, obviously, in some quite crucial games. But I, yeah, I mean, you don't see goals like that very often, and um, let alone at Salas Park, let alone from Jordan Ayew. So the fact that all those things converged. Yeah, I think you'll do well to pick a better moment than that. But I'm happy yeah. to hear suggestions. Assisted by Connor Wickham as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking the other week about easy assists for Elise to Eze, but um, yeah, that's the, that's up there with one of the easy assists. <laughs> um, Took it out of him though. Mm. <laughs> oh, poor old Connor. Uh, I, and by that, I mean Wickham, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, my my favourite is the one 0 at Brighton before COVID. That was that was fucking brilliant. That away end went absolutely bananas. It, it was got so good through COVID. <laughs> yeah, we scored three, four games in a row, didn't he? Yeah. That was that was that. He three one 0 wins, and then the Bournemouth on the restart. So 
I think I have to go for my my favourite moment, same as you, T. In in it has to be Brighton. But as every game goes by, that his first goal after what felt a lifetime of not scoring at Wolves, which was you know mm. a nothing goal, it would you know, it brought us victory from memory. It brought us victory, and you know he span away in tears. He doesn't score that, and he's going back. Yeah. That was the plan. He was going back to Swansea, and the goal goes in. The player is born. The confidence is there, and it's just you know thin lines, isn't it? You know, it's you know it was arguable at that time. Was it was the goal offside and all of that? And it's a yeah from from that moment he's gone on to you know you know a level of cult hero. I mean, be it it's the goal at home, you know, at home to West Ham or late winners away at West Ham or at Brighton or just the 100% work rate. He brings a smile to my face every time. He just gets a foul and he goes down like a sack of spuds. And you, can, <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah. Yeah, he said we did, he definitely, we won that Wolves game 2-0. Luca got a last-minute penalty as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that was a special moment, night game as well. Just after New Year, was it? I think, Early yeah. January? I remember it was just about by the January window because mm. genuinely they <clears throat> struck a deal. We were trying to bring somebody in. And for life of me, I can't think who it is. Like a Dominic Solanke, but it wasn't a Dominic Solanke. It might have been Dominic Solanke, actually. We were trying to do, I think it was, we were trying to do Solanke from Liverpool. I think he was at Liverpool. Maybe somebody looked back and he'd go, no, that weren't true. It wasn't him. But it was that type of player. We we're trying to do a deal from Liverpool and it looked like we were going to go get that deal done and to create the space in effect, IU, who hadn't scored and didn't look like scoring, was going to go back to Swansea. And mm. hey, yeah, look how it played through. Yeah, here we are many years later of him still, you know, players, player of the season under his belt as well in, in that time. And where's Solanke now? Well, <laughs> yeah, unmarked in the fucking on the penalty spot if it's at Zellers. Well, I think like I, I think everyone knew that it was probably all going to come together for him. Uh, Bournemouth obviously paid over over the odds really than what everyone else was prepared to pay, and it's you know eventually paid paid dividends for him, and I'm sure they'll be able to recoup that money and some more when eventually they sell him on because. I think he's probably going to go to a bigger club, maybe even this summer. But yeah, I thought yeah. it was did he go thirty mil to Bournemouth, was it? Yeah, I think it was about that. I think we've everything mm. bolted in. When you when you think mm. about IU and you think about Glasner, mm. and I go back to what you guys have been saying in the you know the last couple of pods, the and, and the style of play, and and you look and you, you I think of Walton, I think of Takori, and think they feel like perfect Glasner players. So does IU. You know, be it it's for sixty minutes or it's or it's longer than that, and it and and maybe it, you know, if 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 tomorrow and obviously we don't have it, if tomorrow we had Elise and Eze back, and and clearly they if they were fully fit they go straight in. You do wonder if the man right at the top isn't Mateta and it's are you just knowing that he'll come short and he'll create space and he'll be the first press and yeah he offers lots of value even if it isn't twenty goals a season. Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's going to be a really valuable player under Glasner, and you know he's just signed a new contract as well recently, hasn't he? So yeah. he's going to be there and thereabouts. Uh, we then get a penalty, three goals in a short space of time. <laughs> France, uh, 
just run straight really I was it wasn't I, I guess he was trying to cut inside to score he's lucky he got brought down because he made a bit of a hash of it and had two options inside but Payo it all, it all turned out to be a penalty um, Mateta Albert having to fight for the ball again you know this time France I wanted it <laughs> <laughs> I was fouled for it I want it every time he's taking a penalty he's got to fight for it <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just rewind and tell you my uh, my Mateta story. So, as already mentioned, I was listening to it in the car on, I think it was BBC London, maybe not sure, can't remember. But um, don't no jokes. Troy Deeney was was commentating, and it was quite early on in the game. And someone said, to him, you know, and, and how and how are Palace setting up under the new manager Troy? And he he was very very complimentary about how he played. I think we're only about eight minutes into the game. He was very very confident. And he said, but I have to say. I'm not sure about Jean-Philippe Mateta. He looks, he doesn't look, he's on his, he's not on his toes. He's out of position. He looks unfit. He can't trap a ball. And at that point, my phone rang. And I think it was my mum. My phone rang, came through to the car. So I spoke to my mum for about a minute. Yeah, all right, mum. Yeah, good. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Hung the phone and Troy Dinney. And he's overweight and he can't move. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite a, quite a scathing review, and I can say I missed about sixty seconds of it. Uh, but listen, you know we take the mick, but he stepped up and scored a penalty, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, well, I so said I just I can only completely disagree with you. I think he's doing really well up there at the moment, to be honest. Hey, um, you're disagreeing with Troy Deeney, not me. I'm happy for you <laughs> to take it up with Troy Deeney. <laughs> of course, it had to be Troy Deeney. Yeah, just as long as it's not outside a nightclub. Uh, no. Well, all I'm here, all I'm hearing, Albert, it's got all of Watford's greats that he just tunes in and listens to. <laughs> I mean, what was John Barnes oh, saying? Speed dial. <laughs> wow. Uh, do you know what? I'd completely missed the Watford joke there, but nice to know that Carl's got, yeah. got it backed up. Yeah, good Bill to have you, Pan. Carl. Well done, bruv. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so that, but that one, went, the penalty went VAR as well to check whether it was inside, which also took a little bit of time. Um, then they have a goal disallowed, which by the letter it probably is, but I don't think Sam Johnston was ever going to get there or even looks like he was bothered about appealing for it or anything. But um, yeah, so just pretty much probably summed up their afternoon more than anything. And there we were, 3-0 winners. The new era gets off to an amazing start and everyone leaves happy and the future's bright. I thought there was a thought there was an interesting uh comment from Glasner on the last ten minutes, which he was and he was really complimentary about the players who came on, but did say, and I thought, and you can imagine where they're working on this this week, which is when they come on and they're full of energy and they try to press. They've got to remember the other players around them don't have that energy and they've got to learn to be at the pace of the players who are currently on the pitch when they're pressing. And and, and it was interesting. We definitely lost a little bit of control in the last 10 now. We're 3-0, uh, 3-0 up. And so there's a load of human nature there. You had you know players going down with cramp, etc. And obviously Yoru had gone off. But it was the first sign of when you're not joined up as a team the flaws that sit in the way that he goes and plays. And you saw both Ahamada and Franca 
I saw it really clearly on about 92, 93 minutes. They went on like literally one man presses and you saw everyone looked around going, I ain't going up with them this time. And mm. so this is, this. I mean, I, I say all of that as a, you know, we've got Spurs to talk about and Spurs is a far different proposition at their ground, etc. But, you know, when we get then into the series of games that come after that, you can only imagine we're going to be better because we would have worked on stuff like that. Yeah, and he's got. We're going to get. So we've got an international break after Luton and Newcastle have gone through in the FA Cup, so that'll end up getting moved as well. So we're going to um, certainly have some time to work on it. Yeah, as you say, we've got we've got Spurs to go to, where our record is nothing short of dreadful, <laughs> as we've discussed on previous pods about. Is it Heskiff never having seen a league goal scored at at Spurs? Um, I mean, I've only seen the one because I wasn't at, I wasn't there for the AJ one one, but I was there for the uh, ninety seven ninety eight one. <laughs> I, I won't say who scored it because Albert can't ever contain himself. Basically, <laughs> I can contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> but in true fan fashion. Carl, you have a strong belief and reason to believe that we're going to get a point out of this game. You can't. You can't be what the gods say. You cannot be destiny. <laughs> and and yeah, Luke is bringing his girlfriend. And I know at the moment this sounds tenuous, but she's only ever been to four football games. She's only ever been to four Crystal Palace games, and all of them have been nil nil. And that includes Newcastle. That includes Liverpool. We're rolling her out for it. It's nil-nil. I mean, honestly, load on. If you're listening to this now, can't encourage gambling, but it's free money. It's nil-nil. So, yeah, I'm, I've, already, I've already had a cheeky fiver on it. It's, a, it's nil-nil. It is what it is. So, what, so what's nil-nil going about? 15 to 1? Uh, £5 was paying £85. Yeah. So, yeah, what, whatever that is. Over 10 yeah. Yeah, you're about right. 17, 18, 18 to one. Mm. Well, so, yeah. Look, I've, I, I mean, we there was there was the question. What going are the odds on one nil Spurs? Sub. <laughs> yeah, from, from from a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, if 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 Burnley, the question was going around. Is it a six pointer? Spurs away is always a six pointer. So I uh, I mean, don't don't go short before the game. It's not going to be, however good we are, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Well, as we always talk about, it's it's more than a six-pointer if you've got that bloke behind the counter and giving anything you want Brick for cash. a fiver. Great <laughs> cash. Where were we recently? There was someone doing that at a game recently. Chelsea, I think it was. Chelsea yeah. away. Yeah. Always, always have a 20, always have a score in your pocket when you go to an away game because there's... <laughs> Someone being naughty behind the bar, giving away very cheap drinks if you've got cash. Okay. <laughs> Topping up the minimum wage. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, I'm just... I mean, I, I swerved it last season because I was on a stag do and I was like, we're going to lose. We always lose now. We lost 1-0 and, you know, the first highlight I saw was Zaha getting rugby tackled when he was about to go through one-on-one and the guy only getting a yellow card and I was just like, pretty much subs up Spurs away for me. Oh, but Seven Sisters Road is a very long one as well. 
Um, especially it's very long after a defeat and inevitably in the rain. Is it raining this weekend? Probably. Mm. Probably. I got offered I just got offered a ticket, uh unfortunately in the Spurs end, and I've had to politely decline because there's no fucking chance I'm doing that. I'm sure there's tickets going in the away end, to be honest, although maybe not now with Glasgow. <laughs> hey, I've, I've got to say, in I've, I don't think I've looked more forward to Spurs away, and that doesn't genuinely doesn't think that I think we're going to turn up and score hatfuls of goal. But I do at least think we're turning up this year with a plan. Whereas even though we were on a great run last year, you knew Roy was going to turn up and go, "Oh, it's Tottenham." Let's let's play your deep block and don't dare punish them or whatever, and you know, and ultimately get done by a bit of quality. Well, ultimately get done by some. Mm. Yes, yeah, they've been incredibly inconsistent, Spurs, especially since the turn of the year. You don't really know what you're going to get out of them. They've been in an awful lot of tight games, um, mm. late late goals, left, right, and centre, which is I say they like to score late, but we like to concede early. So who who knows what's going to happen? Mate, we also like to concede late. No one, no one's conceded more goals in the last, in you know, seventy-six to ninety minutes. I don't think anyone's conceded more than us. What we also know we're going to get from Spurs, we're a little unlucky, aren't we? They've got both their fullbacks back. Mm. Yeah, a dog, a dog is back in and stuff. So, look again. I, I thought Munoz was exceptional. Or, was very good, if not exceptional, against Burnley. But that's against Burnley. He's going to have a lot of work going up and down in this formation if he's if he's going to offer the whip going forward, but also be covering their players doing oh. exactly the same with more pace. So, yeah, I, you get the feeling. Actually, the game probably is going to be one slightly wider. What what's done wide more than what's done through the centre. Mm, yeah, and. You know, that's going to be Son's side as well. So is he going to be able to take advantage on that time that Munoz has got upfield and can sort of get in behind him? But yeah, there's no doubt it's going to be a tough game. Um, I've got good players. But I say inconsistency, they went to Everton and made a big hash of it up there recently. I mean, unforgivably, they drew with Man United. I mean, what sort of result is that? <laughs> yeah, but they did, you know, smashing a 97th minute winner against Brighton the other week. So good for them. <laughs> Just hopefully don't repeat it this week. <laughs> so there we go. Nil, nil because of Luke's misses. So we'll, we'll hang on to that. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, I'll take it now. Just send me a WhatsApp if I, uh, if it proves not to be and I'll refund you. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, you know, that's a lot for this week. So thanks for listening. Thank you to Albert. Thanks to Carl for stepping in. Cheers, quarter. guys. You've been on the what, yeah, fifth of the quarter of a century of episodes. 25, 25 episodes already. How we got here? That happened quick. Winging it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I need some sort of like bomb drops like, uh, what's his name? Westwood. Something. Mm. Wrong. Bad I'll analogy. Bad has analogy. Has he been, been cancelled? I, I, I need a list of people being cancelled. <laughs> but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, I think I think Hess gives back next week to build yeah. this absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs>
<laughs> Fingers crossed that he won't be. No, but no. Yeah, uh, I was leaving it. I was leaving it vague, but you've just <laughs> yeah, nicely yeah. done. No, we look forward to having you back, Samuel. Um, so yeah, that'll be looking back on hopefully the nil-nil as we've discussed on Spurs looking ahead to Luton and then you know whatever whatever other little bits pop up in between but until next time up the palace